ten. Dollar. Sports. Everybody, welcome back. Ten dollars sports podcast. I'm your host, Moose, here with Emrod over in Tampa, Florida. How's everything going, Emrod, and your side of the country? Hey, so far, everything's going good on this side of the country. I don't want to make it a weather forecast, I mean, type of podcast, but however, but the weather's been pretty good here in Tampa the past couple of days, so I don't want to you complain. Know- I feel that's part of adulting. Michael is is talking about the weather. It's funny. We were joking about that. It's like, I feel like every time I talk to you about the weather, but the weather's been pretty crazy here. And, uh, we actually had just had a record high here in Austin, Texas. We hit 91 degrees today in the middle of February, which is crazy. Then, of course, our low in the next few days is going to be back down to 39. So it's kind of the bipolar nature of Texas weather, if you will. Uh, I know you give me a hard time about talking about the weather, but if I had to make a bet, I'm pretty sure you're going to Disney tomorrow. Uh, am I right? I'd say you would hit the parlay if you uh, put $10 on me going to Disney. Oh, man. I, you know, I'm kind of with you on your strategy because it, it, it's like a nice day. You take go out the family, but you're able to tire your son out, which is great. And he's out of commission for a couple days, which I think is a genius strategy whenever I have kids. Hey, you got the annual passes. Might as well get your money's worth. Um, you let, you know, the, my son run around, I let my son run around for a few hours. He enjoys it and then sleeps on a drive home, gets home and he's easy to put to bed and I get to enjoy my night. So it's a win-win for both of us. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to remember that whenever I have kids, uh, yeah, Michael, did you have any any good Valentine's Day plans? Uh, for Valentine's Day, when you have a two-year-old, it's kind of hard to set up arrangements and get someone to watch him and to go out to dinner. So we just did something here at home. We, I went to the store, grabbed a ribeye, got some good mashed potatoes, and made it here at home on the, sk- on the cast iron skillet. came out pretty delicious. It was actually a really good dinner, and we watched a movie I can't remember what movie we watched to be honest we were just pretty passed out <laughs> probably halfway through it uh, I think <laughs> we watched Pacific Rim Uprising now that I mentioned it Pacific actually- Rim 2 that's right I think you remember you texted me about that how first of all how was that I love Pacific Rim I have actually haven't seen the second one um it wasn't as good as the first one but it was definitely entertaining, so I'd say check it out. Valentine's Day here, very similar. I was the one cooking, made some uh, some prime steak medallions on the grill, did some shrimp etouffee, which was kind of my signature dish, first dish I ever made for my significant other, so kind of revisiting that. All right, enough enough with the, the fuzzy talk. Let's get down to business. Been a little bit slow in the sports world, but we still have some pretty decent content for this week. Uh, kind of the first week where the off season is officially beginning. I, I know, uh, and Michael, I'll let you go through the docket. We'll spend a little bit of time today on the AAF, which I'm still undecided if it's going to fill our our football needs for the next couple months. Yeah, we'll go through the docket here real quick just to give you a run through of what to expect. We're going to be talking about some football, AAF, and some NFL. Um, Talk about some baseball. Not much in the baseball world other than catchers and pitchers reporting soon. But we do have our Machado and Harper watch. A little spoiler there for you. Nothing has happened. (laughs) Spoiler. And then um, we got some hockey talk um, that I definitely want to go over. And then the NBA, they just started the All-Star break. Yeah, I think it was uh, young, like the Futures game, I think was tonight. I saw a few minutes of it uh, as I was flipping through channels. USA versus the world was the format this year, apparently. And then um, Anthony Davis, uh, what we think about him and what his future has in store. I know it definitely won't be in New Orleans. And a couple of players I want to kind of go over with you, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You know, they're doing some impressive individual stats and individual games, but what does that really mean at the end of the day? Um, and I got a really interesting $10 parlay since um, there's no basketball this week. 
and no football. I decided to dabble in the AAF. And we got a decent sample size last week. I, I kind of wish it. I kind of wish I went under on all the games. I think three of the four went under. Uh, other than uh, we'll go over the scores when we get there. One one of the games was like was in scoring in the sixties, but most of them were almost followed the script of the Super Bowl, being under like like a total of twenty five points. Yeah, the reason for that is typically defenses usually show up first before offenses get there. It takes offense a few games and chemistry to click. Defense, they can usually click on day one. Um, you know, just attack the quarterback, run after the guy with the ball. That's pretty much what I got to do with hit the NFL. the guy with the ball. Don't let him complete passes. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, when it comes to the offense, you know, you got to be in sync. I know the plays, got to know the timing, everybody's individual speeds and everything like that. And then I got, we got our... Our traditional factoid for today, and then we'll close it out from there. It should be a pretty quick, short show. Yeah, which is fine. I know. I know we've got a few things going on in our lives as well. Well, we'll have to see if we, whenever it's time to to cut the season short and take a few weeks of a break. But we're not quite there yet. Uh, Why don't open up today with AAF? I know, especially during the Super Bowl broadcast, it was a big push. Like football season's not over yet; we still got the AAF. Um, I spent, I watched about half the game. Uh, the game in my market, uh, well, of course, was the San, Di- San Antonio Commanders versus the San Diego Fleet, and I, I'd imagine in Florida they probably televised the Orlando Apollos versus the Atlanta. What's the legends? The legends, yes. Uh, I probably watched about half that game. I had I had to go out later that day for a birthday party. I mean, it was really interesting. Uh, I I I think the still the jury is still out on if it's going to fulfill my my football needs, if you will, for the next couple months. The, I don't know. The football quality was subpar i would say or maybe the defenses were just that good i think one of the points i wanted to make was i was really excited that they let the players play there weren't flags for roughing the passer i think one of the signature plays was the big sack on the san diego quarterback where his helmet popped off uh you know mike i don't know if you spent any time watching any of the orlando game what were your first thoughts of this league and is it really going to fill that void that we have for the next six months or so um my opinion on the league was like i stated last week i always felt like it was more an nfl experimental league some rules and changes that the nfl kind of wants to make but doesn't want the negative attention for doing it or the fan you know i'll be honest with you didn't miss the kickoffs i for me, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is the way it's going to be. I didn't really make a difference that the kickoffs weren't there. That's because you weren't watching Devin Hester. <laughs> but if he was there, I mean, I guess that would make a difference. But there's really no Devin Hesters anymore. Yeah, but now the Deion rules Sanders. are so different. You can't have more than one guy. Uh, you know, you remember back in the day, we you guys were able to have wedges of three or four guys. Uh, which mm-hmm. of course led to to higher probability of injury, but uh, yeah, I I didn't really miss the kickoff at all. I didn't I didn't mind it. So that was what my first thoughts in the league. I didn't really get to watch much of the games, but I did get to watch some of the highlights in that play you said when that signature sack when the guy's helmet got knocked off. You know, in the NFL that'd be like six flags. Well, I know. I, penalty, I couldn't believe it. I was waiting suspension. for it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the, here come the flags and no flags. I was pretty impressed by that i was always i was also excited that uh the apollos ran the uh their version of the philly special as well steve spurrier mm-hmm. calling that play yes i do like that they do let the players play and and if you know if it's a football tackle i mean it's a football tackle don't call a flag for that but if it looks like the player was intentional or the play was over and he gets tackled yeah definitely call a play for that so i think they've got to find they're just got to find this where the common ground is, where's the happy median. Of course, we wanted to go through some of the scores. Of course, uh, close game uh, out of here in San Antonio, 15-6, the Commanders beating the Fleet. Uh, the other televised game on that first Saturday, Orlando uh, putting a whooping on Atlanta, 40 
to six in your Sunday games. Uh, we saw the consensus worst team in the league get shut out. Uh, Memphis was was uh, picked to be to be ranked last or finished last in the league. Uh, they lost the Birmingham Iron twenty six to zero, and uh, Trent Richardson looked. That is good true. That game. Trent Richardson did look pretty good. Uh, there, there were some good tweets though that it was a a typical Trent Richardson stat line, like like uh, you know thirty rushes for fifty yards and two touchdowns or something <laughs> like that. Uh, something something typical of Trent Richardson in his time in the NFL. Then the Arizona Hotshots, who are considered to be the best team in the league. Uh, beating out the Salt Lake Stallions 38-22 to last Sunday. So that brings us to this week's matchups. I know we were joking last week if we were going to put bets on them. I still don't think there's enough data. I think it's interesting, though, that one of the games is going to be televised on TNT. To CBS was really selling us pretty strongly. Uh, most of the games are going to be for week two are on NFL network or is the CBS sports network, which my guess is that you'll likely need a gold package of some sort with spectrum or whatever, whatever cable company you have, but at least we get to see salt Lake city and, and Birmingham on Saturday (laughs) on TNT, just in case you're interested. And we actually have a parlay coming up later in the show uh, that Emrod has for the AAF, uh, so we'll, we'll go over that when we get to that point in the show for our picks. Uh, kind of wanted to transition, though. You and I had some interesting conversations when we, when we were preparing for the show about the AAF. And, and it kills me that we're going to get into this for a few minutes. But Colin Kaepernick and his dedication to the sport of football, if, there, if really this was really all about it, why wouldn't he just if he really was into football, why wouldn't he choose to play in the AAF and show what he has? I know you had a few thoughts oh, he on would that. Have, he would have played in the AAF. He just needed the right amount of money. Uh, and how much how much money did he want to pl- want to get paid, Mike? Twenty million. Twenty million Which in the AAF is probably the cost of a team. So he wanted to be That's the cost of a franchise. He wanted to be, <laughs> to to be owner of the team. So twenty million dollars. He wanted to be a player owner, apparently. He was gonna be the Roger he, Dorn of football. <laughs> but you know, in all seriousness, and I know we've we've joked the brown with it a little bit, it's kind of disappointing and and I feel it it kind of reveals maybe Kaepernick's motivation. Do you think it's been money all along? Because I feel that a league like this was a great opportunity to be like, you know what? I'm going to show you guys that I'm going to tear it up and that I deserve to be in the NFL. Yeah, in my opinion, if he played in the AAF, he went in there, tore it up, won MVP, led his team to the championship or whatever they call it in that league, he can say that would just help his collusion case where, hey, guys, look, I'm coming to this league. You know, these are all NFL ex-NFL caliber players. I tore it up. How so how are you gonna say that how are you gonna pick Mark Sanchez over me? Obviously these play these people are colluding. So that would have been a great way to help his collusion case. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that was that was a great conversation we had earlier this week as we were preparing for the show is that I I, I don't know. The more that you look at it and especially today being the day where where uh, the NFL came to a settlement with him and another NFL former NFL player uh, regarding collusion. Yeah, it was Eric Reed, who is uh, not a former yeah. NFL player. He is currently on the Carolina Panthers, signed a three-year oh, extension yeah, this right. year. Yeah, so it, it's just really interesting to me. And when you look at it from Kaepernick's from the Kaepernick story, that basically he's getting an undisclosed amount of money. We're not going to be able to hear details about it because there's probably some crazy sorts of agreements that we can't talk about it publicly for you to be able to keep that money. He, you know, he ended up getting paid, and I, I'm very curious the next couple months if he's going to try to continue to try and play in the NFL or, or if he's he got paid and he's done. I'm, I'm number one. I'm I think I'm more disappointed because. I was really interested in this story, you know, one or two years ago. Like, wow, someone's taking this platform and is going to make a stand for it. And then, you know, we get hit with an with a Nike commercial six months ago, and now we're getting news of a settlement. 
I'm kind of thinking this might be the 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 last we hear of Cop of Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I think so too. I think she'll take his money and run, and he won his well won his battle, which I guess his battle happened to be money. Um, I like to see him, you know, use whatever that settlement money was he got and actually put into good use for his cause. But some people got to remember is that when Kaepernick started kneeling, he didn't start kneeling as the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. He was not the same Kaepernick that took the team to Super Bowl and to the playoffs. Um, The Kaepernick that started kneeling was a Colin Kaepernick that lost his starting job to Blaine Gabbert. And we all know the story about Blaine Gabbard. He was drafted 10th by the Jacksonville Jaguars, let go. He, he was just not a very good quarterback and still is not. So losing your job to someone like Blaine Gabbard, you know, it's kind of like a red flag for some maybe some other teams and maybe not wanting to sign you. And the other reason other teams may not want to sign him is anywhere he signs, he's going to be a distraction in that locker room. And one thing about the NFL, the NFL does not like noise. Um, teams don't like noise. Anytime there is noise around a team, the team goes downhill. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's been a lot of noise around them this season. They are a very talented team with a lot of great players in the roster. Where they, where did, it, where were they in January? They were not in the playoffs. Too much distraction. And you never want your backup quarterback to be a distraction. You want your quarterback, second string quarterback, to always be quiet. Who, no one knows who he is outside of his jersey with his name on the back, that's what you want as a second-straight quarterback, not someone who's going to get more media attention than your star players. And I think that was part of the reason he didn't get signed. I just don't vision a league where 32 owners all got together and told each other, hey, don't sign Kaepernick, don't sign Kaepernick, don't sign Kaepernick. I find that very unlikely because, I mean, Eric Reed, the other guy in inclusion case, I mean – a team needed a safety and he got signed by a team that needed a safety, which was the Carolina Panthers. And I mean, he did draw a lot of attention to himself, always trying to, you know, put things on Twitter and, and post every time he got drug tested, which I think a lot of people didn't really pay attention to much, but he tried to get his attention, but yeah, fair yeah, enough. Just fair enough. Uh, my case on it. I, I think I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, you know, at first uh, I was like, okay, Kaepernick, that's great that you're making these stands. But I think as more time has gone on, not just that, but opportunities to play football elsewhere, if it's really about the game or or if it's, I don't know, it's just become more and more disappointing, uh, especially with kind of selling out to Nike and, and having that money coming in for, for his stand. So I wanted to transition and close out our football segment with uh, – uh, one of the big signings over the the week, of course, was Kareem Hunt for a, mea- a measly like six hundred thousand dollars to the Browns, who who, who uh, seemed very rich at running back. And, and then I kind of wanted to talk about the implications for the Buccaneers, who I guess being the optimist is they didn't want that PR hit, but from a pessimist side, it's like how can we not afford to spend some money on a guy who. You know, as we've had conversations, you know, I think as a young guy, of course, I think his actions were were egregious and and wrong. But it, I think he falls into that category of he was provoked, and if anyone deserves a second chance, it's Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, not saying anything he did was right. The way he reacted was not right. No, absolutely, absolutely not. I think the video evidence is there. Uh, it, Again, egregious. It, it, it's wrong, but you got to put yourself in a 21-year-old's shoes or 22, 23-year-old's shoes to be like, you know, if someone's provoking you, you know, if we're at a bar or, or, or even out, just out, in the, just out, do we act the same way? Like, I would say so as a 23-year-old. I was a, I was a hothead. And from what I saw in the video and the evidence, I mean – Kareem Party and uh, Kareem Hunt's crew did ask her to leave multiple times. She did not want to leave. Um, from what I read, is you know she started calling, you know, using the N word, um, and then she smacked him, and he just reacted, and not saying he reacted in the right way, and but there was two wrongs, and you know each each party was wrong in their own way, so two wrongs obviously don't make a right. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt definitely, you know. 
should seek some anger management and, you know, make sure he gets his mental state right to, for him to, or maybe even his associations, right. To make sure something like this doesn't happen again. But, you know, of all of the incidents that we've seen in the past, I do agree that this is somebody that does deserve a second chance. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's just, it's tough. It was tough seeing that video too. Uh, uh, it, it's just, it's just a weird, tough situation for him. I'm happy he's going to get a second chance in the league. I'm sure he regrets his actions. But one thing that I think I've learned here at the NFL so far is you can get away with pretty much every, anything as long as there's no video. Once there's a video, and then eh, that makes things a lot different. I mean, because look at Jameis Winston. For, I mean, he's a distraction the Buccaneers um, deal with. And this couple of off-the-field issues he's had, he's just been lucky enough to get it caught on video. And he's served his time in suspension. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, too. Ezekiel Elliott got suspended. There was no video um, of the domestic violence case that he did. I mean, there was pictures of bruises and stuff like that. But since there wasn't a video, he is in the league, never got cut. Yeah, great point. Uh, Especially now with technology and everyone uh, being their own reporter on Snapchat and Instagram and all that, uh, the likelihood of, of action being caught is very high. Uh, wanted to move on just to close oh, one out. One last thing about yeah, yeah, football. Um, Joe Flacco traded to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. We forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> just a quick thing. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think that's an upgrade. Um, I don't think it's an upgrade either from Case Keenum. Um, but the only thing that I do see it as an upgrade are the intangible portions are an upgrade. Um, we do have a quarterback now that knows what success is, has won a Super Bowl, has played in the playoffs, um, has had um, more success than, um, than, what was that guy's name, the kingdom that he can bring to the team and share with the team, and more, I don't want to say more leadership because Flacco doesn't really strive some, as somebody that I want to stand behind. Um, but Flacco does, is used to playing in outdoor weather. It's a big arm quarterback who Baltimore weather is, you know, not much different than Denver weather. They both get cold. They both snow. Where Keenum had a success, and if you think about where did Keenum have a success, in the dome, it was in Minnesota, yeah. which was in a dome. Yep. So it's just that intangible part, which I think it is a slight of an upgrade. But overall, talent wise, uh, maybe Flacco gets an edge, but it's not really much of an upgrade. But at the end of the day, they just gave up a fourth round pick. So now they don't have to go out there and draft, use a high pick on a quarterback. Now Denver can reuse their first top, um, first top three picks now on rebuilding more holes that they may need. Hold off on a quarterback, maybe another season or so. I don't know. I don't know, Brad. I, I think the person who deserves the most credit on this is John Elway, who I think insider job is assuring that he is the best quarterback ever in Denver Broncos history by all the choices he's been making so far. Uh, that is a bring, very good point. Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum, and, and now Joe Flacco. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, this season for the Broncos. Uh, with that, I just I want to spend a quick two minutes on with Kareem Hunt off the board. Where do you think that leaves the Buccaneers? I, I feel that we're going to be stuck paying like $25 million for Le'Veon Bell uh, to upgrade at running back. It's just not a Buccaneer move. I just don't see the Buccaneers. I hope not. I, I, I just, Signing Le'Veon Bell. I, I hope not, even though our names have been linked to that for a couple months now. It's been kind of in the rumor mill that the Buccaneers are, interest, are interested in that. I I, I just hope not. I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, before Buccaneers decide to spend money and get a luxury like Le'Veon Bell, they have much holes to fill in that secondary first. Yeah, like, uh, like let's work on that secondary positions. first. And if we have money left over, then we can shop for whatever quarterbacks we have on the used car lot. But other than that, I mean, it looks like we'll probably be sticking with Peyton Barber another season. Um, Ronald Jones, we drafted in the second round last year. Maybe he has a little bit of a turnaround. If not, we'll just have to see what's out there in the draft as well. Yeah. And we'll get into our draft portion the upcoming weeks as we prepare for uh, the April draft. We'll kind of go through a few picks for the Buccaneers and a few other key teams. Uh, MLB, we don't have to spend much time on. There hasn't been much movement 
in terms of Machado and Harper. For me, it's kind of scary that pitchers and catchers have been reporting for most teams uh, the last few days, and there's still no big contracts for these guys. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on here. I, I just think teams are not offering what they want, and they're not budging. So there's going to be a just going to be a time where there's there's going to have to because I've seen that some teams are kind of they don't want to do that ten year contract. I mean, ten years is a long time in baseball, and that ten years is guaranteed. Um, teams are trying to I think go down more to short term contracts, more like a three or four year contract where they're willing to pay them the 30 million they want a year, but on a three year term, not on a 10 year hey, term. You know, Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid. Yeah. Bobby Bonilla still getting paid July 1st, Bobby Bonilla day. <laughs> but um, I think it's just the market. is just not there. I mean, teams are starting to realize, Hey, look, the past 10 guys who made 20 plus million dollar a year do not work out and they just don't want to take that risk anymore for eternity. I mean, that's, that's a deal that, that affects your baseball team for, for half a generation, if you will. I mean, that that could potentially affect, uh, we'll get more in depth in in baseball in the next few weeks. In the the next couple of episodes, we'll, we'll probably have a few previews of the Rays. Of course, we're big Rays fans and, and making some projections, I I don't know if I'm convinced if the Rays can can match what they did last year in a very unexpected 90 win season, uh, but we'll take a look at the rest of the league and and see where they'll fall in and and who we think will make the playoffs come October later this year. Uh, with that, we wanted to move into the NHL. Uh, definitely some big stories in, uh, from Tampa Bay. Uh, one of the big ones, yeah, of course, cool. and my, I think, Michael, you wanted to take the lead on that. Yeah, for the Lightning, they're on a, on a win streak here. I saw on Valentine's Day, they beat the Stars. Oh, absolutely destroyed the Stars. They were up 4 nothing in the the first five minutes of the game. I, I, I know you couldn't bet oh, on that one. Gosh. Because... Yeah, I was really – I got home late from work that day, and I, I couldn't throw some money on there. Uh I was reading an article in the Lightning that had you been betting on the money lines, your your typical hundred dollar bets, or or even the Lightning have been probably favored in every game they've played this year. So you know your minus one fifties or one nineties or whatever they are, uh, that you would be up almost thirty five hundred dollars at this point. So I, I kind of wish I was I had been betting on the Lightning all along. And Moose, going back on the where we're all talking about the Lightning. Um, would you say that this Lightning team here in 2018-19 season, is this one of the best teams that we will see in our lifetimes? I think I would say yes. And, of course, the big contingency and the big the big uh, factor is going to be if they win the Stanley Cup. I mean, it, if they don't win the Cup this year it, – it's for me. It's a disappointing season. I mean, maybe not so. Last year they didn't finish first overall. Uh, you know, Washington, of course, winning the President's Trophy last year. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't Washington last year. I think it was Nashville. But Washington was one of the top teams in the conference, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it was Nashville who won the the President's Trophy last year. It's always. It, it would be a, a, a monumental disappointment. I mean, they are far and away the best team in this league. Uh, I don't think they have to make any moves at the trade deadline. I, I think the only thing that would help them is adding a little bit more grit, which I've heard rumors of Wayne Simmons from the Flyers coming our way. We'd probably have to sacrifice a, a top prospect or two for that. Again, the, this is a team that could potentially – over an 82 game season have 130 points which is probably the most we've seen in in quite a number of years so again if they don't win the cup it would be absolutely disappointing and if they do win the cup i'd put them in the top 10 teams to have ever played this game and i also see uh, one of the players kucherov is on pace to set a record for points as yeah well. nikita kucherov has been lights out consistently from day one and so hockey's really interesting we're, we're all familiar with Wayne Gretzky in that era in the 70s and 80s and early 90s where 
goaltending was not as good as it was as it is right now, or even was mid nineties to early two thousands before the lockout. So hockey's broken up into a couple of different eras. What we're looking at right now is the, the salary cap era, which is post lockout of 2005. Since then, only three players have scored a, over 120 points. And that's a combination of goals and assists. If you're, if you don't follow hockey closely, uh, you're looking at names like Yarmir Yager, Sidney Crosby, and Joe Thornton, Jumbo Joe out of San, San Jose and Boston. Kucherov has a chance to outscore Joe Thornton, who has the highest point total. And that was back in 2005, 2006 with 125 points. Kucherov's on pace to potentially hit 130 points this year, which in this area of hockey where the goaltenders are so good and the scoring is lower than, than it's ever been would be phenomenal. And also I know um, we had some good play from our backup goalie as well while Vasilevsky was healing from that injury. That's correct. And and actually uh, Louis Domingue just set a lightning record for most consecutive wins in a row, which I think we posted on Twitter at $10 sports. Uh, and again, that's at, Ten one zero dollars sports on Twitter. Make sure to give us a follow to get some good factoids and and our our fun takes on takes on uh, what's going on in sports. Uh, I think it was amazing. I was talking to one of my good Lightning friends, Drew Baker. It, it's funny to see Louis Domingue on that list, but also back when the Lightning won the Cup in two thousand four, John Graham is third on that list as well who was the backup goalie to Nikolai Hobby Bullen. So I don't know if that's coincidence. Maybe it's kind of spelling out that this is going to be the year that we win the cup again. But again, uh, Louis Domingue setting the franchise record for most consecutive wins in a row with, I want to, I think the number is like 11 or 12 in a row without a loss. And I know the tread deadlines here, approaching um no moves here that the you know really concerned the lightning need to make um do you think is any big names you see that will be on the move honestly where the lightning are concerned if i were uh julian brisebois who's the gm right now i would stand pat but if he had to make a move again i i greatly support the wayne simmons move uh bringing some extra grit from the Flyers, uh, and again, Wayne Simmons can score, which is amazing. He's probably everything that Brian Callahan should have been. Uh, that would be the only move I would support. I mean, just I, I was referring to an in general. Any, yeah, any big names are some on the big movie names there. being thrown out there. Of course, uh, Duchesne and uh, Stone out of Ottawa. Ottawa being one of the worst teams in the league. They could potentially be on the move. Brian Boyle just moved over. A great two-way player. He he's now on Nashville. I'm trying to think who else might be on the move as well. I think those were kind of the two two biggest names. Was uh, Duchesne over out of Ottawa? Not sure who will where he will end up. There's been some rumors that maybe the Lightning end up pushing for him. I just don't think that's an upgrade over anyone that we have on our on our lineup right now. What are the chances of the Golden Knights making as far as they did last year? I think not bad. I think they they will end up making the playoffs as a, a second or third seed in their division. The playoffs are interesting in the NHL because you they they've instituted the divisional playoffs again. So uh, they'll rank your teams in the division one through four. There's a little bit of wiggle room for two wild card teams, but. Essentially, the first two rounds, you're you're almost playing the same teams over and over, if you're good. So I mean, the Lightning, since they're in first place, my guess is they're going to play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round, which I don't know if I like that matchup for them. That it's a the Penguins are a difficult team, and the Lightning typically don't play well in Pittsburgh. Uh, but looking at the Knights, uh, they might end up with another matchup with Winnipeg, which would be difficult. I don't know. You just never know. Mark Andre Fleury, their goaltender, of course, is a, goes to another level in the playoffs. So we'll, we'll have to see when we get into March and April uh, where the Knights end up. But I would say they at least make the playoffs and maybe they were a second round team. That'd be kind of disappointing not to see the Blackhawks in the playoffs this year. I don't know. 
know about that. You know, we were talking last week about the Oilers only being the most disappointing team, and they're only four points out of the last playoff spot. That's since gone down up to six or seven points. The Blackhawks actually have been on a run, and I think I tweeted a few days ago, they are no longer on my bet list. I will not bet for or against them. I exclude them from any NHL bets. Because they have been on a on a roll, they they've been adjusting that schedule or that record. Uh, a few weeks ago, they were the worst team in the league. Right now, I think they're a couple points out of that last playoff spot in the Western Conference. Yeah, I know. They, um, looking here, I see they have fifty seven points right now. Yeah, they're they're not they are there, not so. bad. Uh, uh, Patrick Kane is in the running for potential MVP because of the work he's been doing to to single almost single-handedly uh, keep that team in competition. Cam Ward, who came over from the Carolina Hurricanes, has done a great job uh, helping out with an injured uh, gosh, uh, Corey Crawford uh, being in and out of the lineup as well. So uh, I would not be surprised to see the Hawks make the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be very, very exciting. Cause I know usually they have a good fan base and they bring a pretty good excitement to the playoffs whenever they're in it. Absolutely. Uh, and then let's move on um, to our NBA yes. segment here where I know the NBA, there's not much going on. We got the all-star break. And like you said, we got that futures game where it's the world versus team USA, which team USA did win that game. Um, and it was won 161 to 144. Wow. But like I always wow, said, that was a on, defensive battle. <laughs> like I said, in the all-star game, these teams barely play defense. It's just, you got the ball. You just, score laid in i mean they scored combined uh, almost 300 points so so i mean that's just the way the nhl playoffs it's more about you know just scoring points making it fun hanging out and just not getting hurt yeah i'm kind of sad i didn't take the the over on that <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know what the over was probably like 275 yeah, or who knows but you know and then and um, i know we were talking about it last weekend i think the end the nba all-Star Weekend experience, I, I would almost put it uh, at the top of the four main sports. I mean, absolutely, do such a great job incorporating our rookie players and those first couple year players with this Futures game and, uh, and all the skill challenges. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to tune in tomorrow. I think Dwayne Wade's uh, competing in the three-point challenges. Last hurrah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, they do have a lot of things going on, a lot of uh, things to be excited about, interesting, makes it fun, and they just seem to be like a good a good fraternity of of brothers who just have a great time together. And then for Anthony Davis, um, he actually got injured, a little shoulder contusion there. Uh, injured injured in quotes, Emrod. Injured in quotes. <laughs> this guy is Injured in his soul and heart because he is being booed by his hometown crowd, New Orleans. And I don't blame him. Uh, he's in for a tough ride the next year. I mean, he, he probably, hopefully for his sake, he is traded over the offseason. But he's been taken out of all the marketing materials and the intros and, and all the videos in New Orleans for just wanting to be traded in a bit and demanding to be traded. Yeah, and I, I just I don't see him on that team next year. I think a deal gets done this summer, um, most likely with the Celtics. I mean, Celtics have a lot of good assets um, to send over, uh, better assets than what the Lakers had, in my opinion. And if- but it's not even about assets. I think it's you brought up a great point during last week's podcast how how the how the Pelicans just really showed up the Lakers just like leaking these offers. I, mean, I think that was gr- <laughs> a great job by them. Absolutely, and I know on the Celtics, I'm Jason Tatum, one of the rising stars, who's young child, um, not child, but young adult, who's got a lot of potential and a bright future ahead of him. He wants to be the face of a franchise, and if Kyrie Irving leaves or they bring in Anthony Davis, I think he's going to want his own team, and I think the Pelicans would be a great place for him. Um, will the Celtics be willing to give that up? Mm, I don't think so. It'd be tough to let him go, but. If he can bring on Anthony Davis, I'd say let him go. Because <laughs> Anthony Davis, to me, is a once-in-a-generation player. I mean, the guy's just ridiculously good. Top I mean, five. It's, a, it's undeniable. I mean, uh, all joking aside, I think he's 
you know, I think he's done some great work in New Orleans and to be able to stick it out with a team that's been fairly non-competitive for most of his career in New Orleans. I, I think that's that's enough. A player like that deserves to to be on a team that has resources and the ability to compete. So I know we're giving a hard time, but I don't disagree with, you know, it's time that he he goes to that team that can get him to the level that he deserves to be on. And then to, um, to close out our NBA segment, um, two players that I know gets talked about a lot, especially with their individual accolades, one being James Harden, who's like on his like 70th game with 30 plus point streak or something outrageous <laughs> like that. I don't know what it was. I think it was like 12 or 13 or something. I don't remember exactly the streak. And then you have Russell Westbrook, who's on a streak of triple doubles. Um, I mean, scoring 30 points a game is impressive. Getting triple doubles every week is impressive but realistically i think it's now it's been done so much now especially lately is it really has it been washed down or is it or do you think it's still like an impressive feat i don't know i think a triple doubles impressive uh, i mean you're looking at rebounds and assists and and points i think it for me it's particularly impressive if uh if James Harden has a triple double, mostly because he's a ball hog. And I think we've had some great conversations off offline about this because he's taking like a million shots a game and he, you know, he's shooting at, at or around the NBA average, you know, 44, 45%. But you know, he, he takes so many shots uh, a game. And we were kind of talking about this. We were preparing, you know, I think he's kind of forced to to have to do that because the Rockets in general are a poor shooting team. So if your best player has to take more shots, I, I think that's what has to happen to win. And I agree with that. I mean, he is the best player on a team. It's, I mean, arguably one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, I mean, averaging for the year, he's averaging about – he's averaging 5.1 three-pointers, which is actually – Per game is actually really impressive. Yeah, uh, about seven rebounds a game, about eight assists a game, about two and a half steals in a, a game, and he plays about thirty-eight minutes a game. He's averaging about thirty-seven points a game. I mean, that is an extremely impressive stat line. But to me, I mean, that isn't a, a, a very impressive individual stat line. But if that doesn't translate to wins, it's like you said about the Lightning. Unless they win the Stanley Cup, I mean, the season's almost a waste. So if you're going to put up stats like that, you have to translate them into wins. Oh, I I, I definitely agree. Rockets are sitting decently pretty right now, though. They're they're fifth in the Western Conference. I I would expect I, I think they're one or two games within the Blazers. Yeah, this is just typical James Harden behavior, though. I mean, he won MVP last year. He goes out there, puts up points, does all this, and when the playoffs comes, he just like forgets how to play fades like, fades away yeah it's like i always so tell until Chad, we see some success in the playoffs uh you know james harden is a great regular season player like and we philip saw that rivers, with the thunder huh? we saw it with the thunder like a philip rivers and like i tell our uh, one of our buddies Chaz, who talks about basketball with me i mean i just feel like whenever james harden gets into the playoffs it's like Space Jam when they steal the player's talent. It's like <laughs> that's what he reminds me of. And then Russell Westbrook. I mean, going back to him, I just a lot of those stats I feel are padded. He focuses more on making sure he gets his ten rebounds, his ten assists, and his ten points every single game, so he can have that whole triple double. And like, like Michael Jordan said the other day when they asked him about you know what's tougher, the thirty points a game or the triple doubles, and Michael Jordan's response was. I think winning six championships trumps all of those, <laughs> which he yeah. does have a point because none of these players have even been have even sniffed the championship. Yeah, absolutely, and I think we're we're seeing Golden State get close to that to that territory. So I think time will tell in the next few years if they're able to to get to that that five or six championship watermark, if you will, for for success in the modern era of the NBA. And, I mean, like I was saying, I, I believe that somebody like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, a player like that, if they wanted to, like if, if they truly wanted to, they can average 30 points a game. 
they can average a triple double per game, but the, but they're more focused on winning. They want the win, whether it's them shooting 15 points and dishing out 15 assists, they rather win. And, and, and that formula works. I mean, LeBron James has been the eight finals um, has won. Was it like five, three of them? He's been to six finals. I think he's won, won three and lost three, but still getting there is a little bit more impressive than what to me, than what they're doing. And Kevin Durant, has gone to the finals um, and won back-to-back years already now with Golden State. But Kevin Durant and LeBron James do have the talent where they can do the triple-doubles every game if they wanted to. They got the size, the height, the shooting skills, passing skills, every skill that these players have as well. Yeah, uh, and I think it's going to be impressive, You know, maybe not this year or the next year, but when the Lakers do make the finals with LeBron James in tow, I mean, that's going to be three teams that he's taken to the finals. I mean, that if he wins the championship with the Lakers, it's definitely uh, GOAT status for LeBron if he's able to pull that off. Yeah, and let's um, cut in short time here. Um, let's move on to our $10 parlay. Uh, Moose, what do you have for us for our parlay? So for NHL tomorrow, uh, go ahead and take, the Flyers, I take the Lightning, I take the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Winnipeg Jets. I would go ahead and parlay those four on the money line. You're looking at uh, at f- uh, four to one, uh, four to one return on those. So a ten dollar bet gets you forty dollars. I'd feel pretty confident tomorrow. I'd put twenty dollars on that. Excellent. And it's, we don't have an NBA since the All Star break, and another play I actually did an AAF. League parlay. Yes, um, tell us about the AAF parlay <laughs> and the, the great winnings that that we can have. I went ahead and I took um, the Birmingham Iron on the money line. I took the over on that game of 44. I took the hot shots on the minus 13. And I took the under on that, which was 46. And I also took the Orlando Apollos minus six. And I took the over on that one. I didn't touch the Atlanta Legends in the San Diego Fleet game. Those teams both struggled. So I wasn't sure which one's going to be worse. So I got to give that one another week. But these teams that I did pick did look pretty strong. And um, I think the way they scored this game and based on how the other teams scored or faced, I think they could meet, meet the over on a couple of those games. So on $10, I have it winning $315.21. All right. I like that. Uh, I'm glad we have at least a data point from last week to compare to. Uh, like we're joking. I wish I took the under on most of those games. We'll see what happens this week. Uh, see if the offenses come to life in week two in the AAF. Uh, I got a couple uh, men's basketball in college picks. I'm probably going to teaser this. I had a successful teaser earlier this week that you probably saw on Twitter. I think tomorrow, Michigan minus seven versus Maryland's a good bet. I would definitely take FSU minus six over Georgia Tech. Iowa's been an interesting story up and down this year. I think they're playing at home against Rutgers. I'd take them. Uh, I take the Hawkeyes minus four. LSU's had a great season. They they had a, a big win against Kentucky. Uh, I take LSU minus 8.5 against University of Georgia. I think uh, this is kind of a weird pick. Notre Dame plus 18 against UVA. And if you tease that, well, the the if a ten dollar parlay on that on the spreads pays two fifty five for every ten. I'm probably gonna do a teaser on that, uh, an eight point teaser, so that gives you eight points in your favor. Either way, and that's paying plus 180, so 18 for every 10 that you bet. Awesome. Well, good luck with you, Moose, with those picks. Hopefully we can get mine and everybody else playing. Good luck. Uh, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to hit that AAF one, man. <laughs> I, just for your sake, that, that would be wonderful to, to be able to report out. We wagered on the AAF, and we are big winners. Hey, we'll talk about it next week. Hopefully we, uh, that is what we share with you guys. And then I want to go ahead and go over our weekly factoid on this day, February 15th. 
very interesting. In 1996, the NFL Browns fired their head coach. And their head coach was Bill Belichick. Oh, wow. <laughs> the Browns. I, I guess that was the old Browns, though, right? So that that would have eventually been the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, that's true. So that's a shame, Baltimore. That, that could have been you guys winning, uh, you know, six championships in 18 years or whatever it is for Bill Belichick or being in nine Super Bowls in 18 years at least. It's crazy. I think that team actually fired him when the guy is known as a genius. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I believe that brings us to the end of our show. We kept it under an hour. I'm really excited about that. That may or may not have been influenced by how much uh, how much minutes we have on a, <laughs> on our uh, streaming service. So that's okay. Well, we should be recharged and ready to go for next week. Uh, we can have a normal like show. Uh, next week i think we'll we'll get into some baseball in depth uh, we'll make sure that's a focal point of our show we'll we'll continue going with the nba maybe talk about the all-star game if anything crazy happens uh see what where we're at with the nhl recap some aaf action and of course always go over our ten dollar parlays you can check that out on twitter as well we are very happy to share our wins and losses on twitter so just to, so you guys know that it is real, we are throwing some $10 parlays out there. Uh, we don't only show the, sh- share with you when we win. We share when we lose as well and when we're, ma- when we're making bad choices. That sounds good. Um, good luck, everybody, and we will be back next week. All right, everybody. It's been the $10 Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, you can find us on iTunes. Search for $10 Sports, $10 Sports. Great way to keep in contact with us is on $10sports.com. That's the word, T-E-N-Dollarsports.com. I promise you we'll get some good editorials going. We've been a little lazy with the writing. Uh, I've got a couple pieces coming up on the blog as well. Best place also to keep in touch with us is on Twitter, at $10 sports and that's the digits at 1010sports.com great show we'll see you next week for episode 6 of our podcast it's been moose and emrod good luck with those butts and we'll see you next week <laughs>